What is up, everybody? Welcome to the second installment of the Talk the Plank podcast. My name is Ashley. Some of you may know me. EMT underscore Abram is on Twitter. I am back. I'm so sorry for a delay on the second episode, guys. Life's been a little crazy. Work's been a little rough. And I actually broke the first mic I got after the first time using it. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to take a couple weeks off, but I'm back. Um, and today I kind of want to talk about free agency. Um, the Bucks of this free agency, you know, every year it's, oh, the Buccaneers won free agency. They're going to go 16-0, and 0, you know, crazy stuff like that comes out. And this year they were more dialed down and precise and took low-risk, high-reward players. I cannot be more excited about these guys. A lot of you, or some of you, seem to be kind of upset that the Bucks didn't go after, you know, some big-name targets, but... Players like Earl Thomas and Tyron Matthew and T.J. Mosley, you know, as good as players that they are, they got grossly overpriced by at least $20, $30 million. I just don't see how some of these players got $80 million, $90 million contracts for a couple years, especially those of them who are a little bit higher in the ages. But the Bucks did make some pretty big signings. They swapped out kickers and stuff like that for letting Ryan Anger go, who was making $2 million and sort of declining and bringing in Bradley Pinion, who I shared a couple clips of him on Twitter, of him bombing punts from his own 25-yard line into the 20, making 65 and shorter field goals, making them all. They would have been good from 70-plus. The kicking has been a big issue for the Buccaneers, not only on the field goal side, but also on the punting side. Brian Anger was averaging about 40, 45 yards a kick. And, you know, while Bradley Pinion has a little bit shorter at 43, he has the ability to make a lot of touchbacks on his kickoffs. The biggest problem for the Bucks last year on the kicking side that wasn't field goals was field position. They were letting teams run the field back and get, you know, really good field position or, you know, they just couldn't flip the field like they needed to. And I think Bradley Pinion's going to be that guy who can flip the field when the offense, as high powered as I believe it's going to be, can't get the job done and they have to punt, which shouldn't be too often. But I feel as if Bradley Pinion's going to be a huge addition that isn't talked enough about. So that's why I started off with him. Um, I think he's going to be a key factor in special teams this year, and I'm really excited to see him start. Another Two other really big and beautiful signings I think will really impact this Buccaneers defense this year are the moneybacker, Dion, Dion Buchanan. I, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering this, la- this name. I do apologize. Um, coming over from Arizona, he made the position the moneybacker. This guy is fast and furious and gives his all every play. I've watched hours of tape on this guy, not because just to do some film study and get to know these players a little bit better, but just because he's so fun to watch. He's just someone that I feel can be very versatile. He can play safety and linebacker. He's someone who can be moved all over the field. He is a veteran guy, so he knows what he's getting into, and I feel like him next to Levante David and even Kevin Minter are really going to mend well. I'm not trying to take weird from Deion Buchanan, but I'm really super excited about Shaq Barrett. Shaquille Barrett, you know, he was at Denver behind 
Von Miller and then lost his starting job to Bradley Chubb. But can you blame the guy? You know, Bradley Chubb is going to be, in my opinion, the next kind of player like Von Miller. And, you know, that's a tall task to order. And I'm not, you know, these guys are really great linebackers. So for him to still have the production he had behind those two in so such talented players, this guy is going to be huge coming off the edge. I think this year... Todd Bowles is going to exploit the NFL offenses and the fact that they're going to be sending in more linebacker blitzes. And I've been preaching this since last year. Send Levante David on linebacker blitzes. Him and Shaquille Barrett can terrorize a defense in a QB contain or an SS blitz or anything like that. These guys will get to the quarterback and cause havoc. There's a clip I shared on Twitter of Shaquille Barrett just wrecking Tom Brady. I mean, this man leveled him. Now, some of you commented and said, oh, that would be a penalty now. Yeah, sure, whatever, but it was still a hell of a play, and this guy has me excited. He wants the chance to start, and I think he will start. I truly believe that he, well, we don't know about Kendall Beckwith's injury yet. And for those of you who may not know, they're saying that Kendall Beckwith's injury to his ankle, he got in that car accident, it may be career-ending. Um, at the time that this podcast was recorded, there has been nothing said determining that factor. If he's going to be able to play again, if he's going to, you know, be out, if he's not going to ever have a chance to really start in a game, we're just not sure. And that was kind of from Redified for me, in my mind, by signing these two linebackers and signing Kevin Minter back, who really excelled last year as well when Quan Alexander went down. And, you know, they have some pretty big shoes to fill with Quan Alexander heading to San Francisco, and I'm happy for him, but I really do believe that Shaquille Barrett can start in Todd Brown's defense. And with a 4 3 defense, you're going to need as, as, you're gonna need as many linebackers as you can possibly get. And they're all going to be rotational, you know. There's going to be some guys who are in for two and three plays and then come out so the other guys can get some rest. It's going to be a constant flow of fresh legs, fresh players with, you know, that fresh stamina ready to get after the ball. It's going to be aggressive. It's going to be, you know, there was a comment made by Bruce Arians. He's like, we're not going to be sit back and watch what happens. We're going to come after you full force. And that's the the attitude that these players have to have. The... Jason Light and Bruce Arians went after players in free agency who were going to bring that intensity and that meanness, that grittiness, that that will and need to, you know, to get after that ball. They want to be here. They want to be a Buccaneer. And that's something that, you know, JPP said last year. And, you know, some of the fans saw us with Brent Grimes and Deshaun Jackson just didn't want to be here, didn't want to be a part of this. And these guys, they want to be here. They want a chance to, you know, really revamp for their careers or get their careers off the ground and started getting ready to go. So those two signings really have me excited. Let's see. Continuing with free agency, the Bucks also signed a couple players that some fans didn't quite understand. Um, a few of those would be the guard Earl Watford coming over from the Cardinals, I believe, as well, who, you know, a couple quick quick Google searches can show you he hasn't been rated the best. Now, I don't really go off of a pro football focus when it comes to how I evaluate players. 
I'm more of a tape person. I know you guys see me post a lot of stats about players. And sure, stats are all good and fine, but what I really focus on is tape along with those stats, along with, you know, just a bunch of other things combined. Tape doesn't lie. Numbers don't lie either, but tape, ball don't lie. You know that saying, ball does not lie. Um, you know, he has the potential to be the starting guard at the end of the day. Caleb Beninock thank God, is not going to be starting this year. He's going to be behind DeMar Dotson at tackle. Caleb Benenock was moved to guard to fill that role last season, and it just didn't work out. He gave up way too many sacks. He gave up way too many pressures. He had Jameis running for his life. So at the end of the day, Earl Watford's going to be, right now, the starting guard, if not Alex Kappa, who the third-round pick, who just couldn't get on the field last year. He just wasn't ready to start. Both of them are going to be battling it out unless the Bucks sign a, I'm sorry, excuse me, draft a offensive lineman in the draft this year. I see that coming in about the third round, but I'll get some more to that later. They also signed safety Kenshaw Bryce from the Packers. Again, another guy who really hasn't had the chance to start, but has shown flashes. He's going to be more of a depth signing. A lot of you guys last year remember the injuries the Bucks had on defense. Just every week it seemed like more and more players were getting taken out of the game and ended up on IR. You know, they had the two starting safeties, Jordan Whitehead and Justin Evans, both ended up on the injured list at one point or another. So this is more of a safety signing, a veteran guy who knows the system a little bit better. He's been in the league for, I believe, three years. So he has a little bit of veteran tendency. He hasn't been on the field a whole lot, but, you know, he's been in that locker room and on the field with those guys who have been starting. So I think he's a really good depth signing. Um, on offense, they signed Bashad Perriman from the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Browns. He had a pretty decent year with Baker Mayfield. A lot of you said, oh, but he has stone hands. He was credited with zero drops in Cleveland. You know, he only had 25 catches, but he was in a limited role. Once they brought in Odell Beckham, he wanted out. I can understand. And, you know, Brashad Perriman runs a 4.2440. He has the speed to get behind defenders just like Deshaun Jackson would and did for some time in Tampa Bay until he decided he didn't want to play here anymore. And that was obvious in a lot of games and a lot of the time. Rashad Perriman has some catching issues he has to fix, and I believe he will. I believe working with the Buccaneers wide receivers coach, as well as Jameis Winston, he will get it put together. He is going to be the deep threat as of right now on the Bucks offense, and I believe he's he's really going to get some opportunities to blow the top off this thing. I think he's going to be a great addition. I think him with Mike Evans, you know, being the, the number one wide receiver. Chris Godwin, we learned earlier this week, is going to be moving to slot. Um, they can also put O.J. Howard or Cam Braid out wide if they wanted to, like kind of how the Patriots put Gronk out wide and use him in the red zone and such like that. This offense, I believe, in my mind, is going to be even better than it was last year. And that's saying something because throughout almost the entire season, the Buccaneers had the best passing offense in the NFL. And that's no small feat. You know, the Bucks last year were very frustrating and, you know, had their things, their problems. But when it came to, you know, offensively, they put on a show. It was probably one of the most exciting offenses to watch last year. You know, I'm not, I'm not taking away from teams like, you know, the Chiefs or, you know, the Cleveland Browns with Baker Mayfield. I really like him down there. 
even the Rams with Brandon Cooks and Jared Goff and Todd Gurley when he was healthy. But the Bucks were up there. Even though they weren't a very winning team, they were up there when it came to putting points on the board and racking up those yards. And I think now that Jameis has Bruce Arians in there to teach him and show him the way and really, you know, groom him into that quarterback we've all been waiting for him to become, I think he's going to limit those those takeaways, those turnovers, and really get the ball rolling. And I, I think, honestly, he's going to be one of the top 10 quarterbacks of this league next year. I am. <laughs> you, can, you can come back at me at the end of the year next year and, you know, oh, he wasn't, but I really do believe he will. And I think he has all the tools now he needs. You know, I've been saying, oh, we still need a winning game. Kind of wanted to address that a little bit as well. I'm going to say it here like I've said a million times, you know, in person, on Twitter, on Facebook, anywhere, Barber is a Buccaneer starting running back. There's a reason he was bought back. He was brought back on a one-year deal. Like a deal you know, for what you can really do now. Um, a lot of people said, oh, well, you know, he's only averaged three yards, a, three yards a carry. Yeah, you know, if I was going to get in the backfield before the play even really developed, I'd be averaging three yards as well. You know, that offensive line last year, Jameis and the rest of the Buccaneers were running for their lives most of the game. And it was horrific. It was one of the worst offensive lines I've seen ever. Like, it was pretty bad. It was really bad. Um, and, you know, he's only averaged 14 carries a game. And I had a couple of you say, that's tied for ninth most in the league. Sure, but Peyton Barber was the only running back for Buccaneers to really get the ball. Jaquiz Rogers had a couple carries here and there. Peyton Barber was a real workhorse. There wasn't a split offensive running back. Like there, was, there wasn't a split running back duo like they have in New Orleans, or they had, I'm sorry, excuse me, in New Orleans with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. You know, that was the one-two punch. And I think that's what Bruce Arians wants to do with Rojo and Peyton Barber is get that one-two punch. But Peyton Barber has the ability to be a starting running back in this league. You know, he really wasn't developed these last two years. The Buccaneers couldn't commit to the running game. It's very hard to when you're down multiple, you know, two, three scores in the first quarter. Um, the offensive line left much to be, you know, imagined. But he has what it takes. He can really, you know, a lot of you said, oh, he can't bounce it outside. You do realize that, you know, DeMar Dotson, Donovan Smith, and Caleb Benenock, you know, the two outside guys and the guard were the biggest problems on that team. It's really not a, you know, it's, it's a no-brainer why he was able to run up the middle and have some success up there between, you know, Ali Marpet and Jensen. You know, that's where the strongest part of the line was. He was having some success. And you some of you said, oh, well, it's only 28 run, 28 yards. Sure, like I said, Barber is not, you know, he's not Sam Barkley. I understand that. But he has the ability to become a running back in this league that can be feared, that can run people over. There was a play last year where he had a guy on his coattails of his shirt and he was still moving his, you know, he's still grinding his face, trying to get those extra yards. He has everything you want in a running back. He has the quick feet. He has the legs that keep turning. He's not a real big guy. 
and he's not the fastest guy. He's not going to play with the speed. But he's a running back that's going to give you everything he has every single play. And I think once Ronald Jones finally gets a chance to show us what he has and isn't just thrown in on plays like a toss pitch or a screen catch out of the backfield, the Bucks are going to have that one-two punch that they're missing. If the Buccaneers can have a one-two punch in the backfield, they're going to be a top three offense. They could be the best offense in the NFL. If Jameis can limit his turnovers and the Bucks can get that one-two punch at running back with Peyton Barber and Rojo, because Rojo has the speed Peyton Barber lacks. Peyton Barber has the pass-catching abilities that Rojo lacks. If they can get that together, and I think, you know, just put this little, little bit, tiny bit in here, I think Ellington will help both of those running backs really learn how to catch the ball and make themselves useful in the passing game just as much as they are in the run game. If they can get that together, if they can get those things clicking, they're going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL in both. The Bucks ranked, I think, 29th last year in the run game. And what was it, third in the passing game? You can score points all day long, but at the end of the day, if your defense can't stop and you're not running the ball to close out these games, there's going to be turnovers, there's going to be mistakes, and there's going to be losses. That's one of the biggest things I'm looking for this year is to see Peyton Barber take that next step, is to see Ronald Jones take that step into becoming you know, an NFL running back. 23 carries all season isn't going to do it. And I understand he was hurt with the hamstring. Hamstrings are really tricky, very hard to come back from very soon. You know, you have to let them completely heal or they're going to hinder you. I understand that. But this guy wasn't developed at all. Truthfully, Dirk Cutter didn't develop any of his draft picks. Like, at all. It it amazes me still. You know, Ronald Jones with 23 carries. He had... Excuse me. He had... uh, Stewart as a safety, as, a, as then as a cornerback, a cornerback. He had uh, Carlton Davis, you know, covering number one guys, which was great for him. And I really do believe Carlton Davis is going to take the next step this year. Very excited for him. But it just seemed like all of these draft picks were kind of just thrown in there with no real direction and no real coaching, and you know they weren't they weren't coached up like they needed to be. I think Bruce Arians bringing in all these new guys. And, you know, his expertise as a coach has really helped the team. Um, but as far as who they've signed and who they've re-signed, you know, Cairo Santos being another one. You know, he was pretty solid throughout the kicking game last year. He missed a couple that kind of made me scratch my head. But, you know, you're not going to make them all. Some of the greatest kickers in history, they don't make them all. You know, I think he's going to have more confidence now that he has a deal. He you know, he's, he's the kicker. He is going to be, you know, the number one guy. There's no pressure. He's going to be just fine. So with the additions and the re-signs they've made, I'm very happy overall with the Bucks. Um, I'm very glad they didn't overpay. I'm very glad that they made one-year team-friendly deals. You know, you pay, you pay to play. You pay, you you play to pay. You know, it's <laughs> you, pay, you pay these guys to pay these guys at the end of the day. If they have what it takes, they get a bigger deal. If they don't, they walk and. That's Bucks haven't done in recent years. They overpaid these guys who just have underproduced, and I think that Bruce Arians told Jason Light, listen, listen, you know, I'm under contract for X amount of years. This is not going to be a rebuilding phase. This is a reloading, a reloading of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has, and he said this himself, one of the most talented offenses and defense, a whole offense, just talented teams he's ever walked into. 
So he didn't see a lot of need for these pieces. He didn't need, he doesn't see a need to break it down and build it back up. He doesn't want to do that. He's not going to do that. He is going to fit guys in, play right now, and show results. He signed guys who could come in onto this team and make a difference and be an improvement from the guys that were here. So I think they did a good job with that. I'm super excited to see OTAs and training camps and, you know, see what these guys can do. But as far as the one-year deals, that's the smartest thing the Bucks have done in years. Um, I'm really glad they didn't overpay. I'm, I'm, I'm a little upset they didn't get Tyron Matthew, but I was not about to pay him that much money. You know, so I think the Bucks nailed free agency. I know some of you guys were kind of upset they didn't do anything. They haven't made any trades. But, you know, they're looking for the draft now. They're looking to put those final pieces through the draft. And the draft is going to be big for them. All right, guys, for the last part of the podcast today, I'm going to be talking about the NFL draft. We are one month, less than actually a month, from the NFL draft. The most exciting part of the offseason for me, besides OTAs and uh, training camp. And the Bucks have a huge decision to make. Um, it's looking pretty positive that the Cardinals are going to be taking Kyler Murray with the first pick. And that Nick Bosa should be going to San Francisco. Um, but that leaves Josh Allen and Quentin Williams still on the board with two picks before the Buccaneers. Um, the Jets could look to take Jawan Taylor out of Florida, the offensive lineman. They could be looking to take Quentin Williams or Josh Allen. So that and the Raiders, who have made some insane trades this offseason, acquiring Antonio Brown, um, could shake the whole thing up and trade away or trade down or take someone like Greedy Williams or even Devin White who the Bucks are projected to pick at this point. Um, me personally, I don't want Devin White at five. If there were three players I'd want at five, realistically, because I don't think um, that Nick Bosa makes it to five, if Quinnen Williams, Josh Allen are there at five, I would take them. Or maybe Ed Oliver at five. I've really gotten, you know, onto the hype train for Ed Oliver. The guy's massive. He's fast. He's going to be a game changer. Um, But I just, I, as much as I like Devin White, and as much as I love to see him and Levante David next to each other starting lineup, I just, uh, I'd love for the Bucks to move down and get more draft capital if Allen or Quinn and Williams aren't there at five, you know, the Bucks have a lot of holes or places they could get better at for the start of the season. And I feel like if they move down, they can do those things, you know, maybe get, you know, move back five spaces with the Dolphins and get another second rounder and a third rounder. Move back to 15 with the Washington Redskins and get, you know, some more draft capital. They just need, you know, to make a decision are they going to stay put at five and take the best player available or are they going to try to maximize their draft capital um like I said earlier Quentin Williams for me at this point um is going to be my guy at five I don't really think Josh Allen makes it past the Jets and the Raiders at this point 
I'm really hoping that Quinn and Williams will be there. The mock draft I posted today on my Twitter has the Bucks taking Quinn and Williams at five. Him next to to Gerald McCoy if he's still on the team. And Vita Vea, who's really come on to his own, will be in just whew, a scary defense. You know, you're going to have JPP, who's wrecking things. Carl Nassib, who's really come into his own. You know, they're going to be sending linebacker blitzes. So, you know, Shaquille Barrett or Deion Buchanan and Levante David coming off the edge. You know, the Bucks have a chance to really make this defense something to be afraid of. They really have a chance to, you know, get back to that real Tampa defense that was feared. Not the Tampa defense you can put 60 points on and, you know, 400 yards on in the game. Um... I really think the Bucks go more defensive line in this draft. You know, JPP and, you know, if Gerald McCoy stays, there's a lot of, you know, question marks around Gerald McCoy right now. Is he going to be a Buccaneer? Is he going to be let go to make some room for the draft pick because the Bucks only have $2 million in cap space? You know, um, is he going to be here? And if not, who's going to replace him? So, um, and JPP is getting up there in age. JPP still has a motor. I'm not taking anything away from Jason Pierre-Paul. That man is a man on a mission. He gives himself and to this team 100% all the time. I love it. Love his attitude. Love the way he plays. But, you know, Father Time is undefeated. And, you know, eventually he's going to be starting to wear down. And I'm hoping it's not for a couple more years. You know, I love to see him and Peter in red. I really do. But eventually you have to start looking up to the future. You know, what's next for this team? Who's going to be those next players that take over the defense? Really make it their own. Really make the Bucks a team to be feared again. I think overall, this draft will be more defensive-minded. The Bucks can now, with this year's draft, especially being so defensive-loaded, I'm sorry, defensively-loaded, they can really start stacking their guys for the future. You know, JPP is getting up there in age and is still producing. This, this He has the motor of someone seven, eight years younger, you know. He's still putting up double-digit sacks, which is just incredible. And I hope that he continues to do it, especially in Red and Peter, for years to come. Or at least for the next few years. Um, Gerald McCoy, he's getting up there in age. We actually don't know if he'll even be on the team come September 5th, you know, or September 9th, the first week of the season. So the Bucks can really get their guys and start them young and, you know... Have them learn with these Pro Bowl guys, these all-pro guys now, and in a couple years be a very dominant defense again. I think that um, the way this shapes out is the Bucks take two linemen in the draft. One should be, um, in my opinion, with the first pick they have, and then maybe in the later rounds. Um, the Bucks are also going to be looking to take another cornerback in this draft. Right now, their two starters are Carlton Davis, second-year man, and Vernon Hargraves, a third, who's coming off a soldier injury and a soldier surgery. So that secondary, along with Jordan Whitehead and Justin Evans, are extremely young, and they they're have enough confidence in their guys back there right now to not be bringing in at this time, of course, a veteran presence in the cornerback secondary field. I mean, Dion Buchanan has played safety, so maybe he can be a hybrid back there and help mold those guys into, you know, help them out a little bit. But as far as cornerbacks go, they're going to be looking to add 
an immediate plug-and-play person, you know, who, or at least someone who can challenge Ryan Smith, Devontae Harris, who got re-signed, you know, to be that starting third quarterback. So, there are a couple guys I would love to have coming quarterback, Amani, I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name only because I don't want to be disrespectful and butcher it out of Penn State. I love Rocky Asin. Um, I, again, if I am butchering the last name, I do apologize. Um, I think they're both steals if the Bucks can land them in the second or third round. I think that they'll be instant plug-and-play guys. Um, Byron Murphy, if he somehow makes it to the second round and the Bucks are still there. I really think that those three guys in general could still be picked up with the Bucks, and I think that they'd be guys who are competitive and strong enough to really make a difference in that secondary. Last year, the Bucks had the worst passing defense in the NFL, and if the Bucks want to win games like Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles, and I know the players and the fans really want, they're going to have to get a guy that they can rely on. It's not going to be someone who they think can be good in a couple years, but can start right now and can get it done against some of the best guys in the NFL. Now, I'm not saying they should put, you know, a rookie on a first-year guy. or I'm sorry, a rookie on a wide receiver one. I'm not saying that by any means. But they're going to have to win against guys who know their rookies and know that they can exploit them. That, you know, they're still taking their first steps, first snaps in the NFL. So I believe that the Bucks are going to be looking to take a cornerback very early in the draft, and rightfully so. Um, I'm excited to see who they take. There's not a whole lot of depth at secondary at at cornerback this year, but there's definitely a few later guys that I think could be just as good as some of the early guys. I'm hoping um, the Bucks take someone um, very early and not wait for that long, but we'll see. Um, I think they take an offensive lineman or maybe even two offensive linemen, you know, um, in the middle of the draft, maybe a, a short or a speedy wide receiver to kind of help out, bring some competition in for Perryman, you know, because the Bucks are going to have, you know, they still have Justin Watson, who really we didn't see a lot of last season, really did make, you know, he only had like one catch, I think, for 17 yards. He really wasn't able to put his foot in the door or show us what he can do, but at the end of the day, you know, they're going to be looking to bring people in to try and get the best man, you know, roster there could be to start the season. So I think the picks for the draft will be obviously a lineman, an offensive lineman, um, linebacker, uh, defensive lineman, Lee, I think two of them. So let's say four out of the seven picks. They have seven now that they traded Deshaun Jackson. So four out of seven picks, two should go to defensive lineman, one for linebacker, one for offensive lineman, a wide receiver, um, a cornerback, and, you know, maybe just whoever's the best player available at that time. What I do believe is that the Bucks should not take another running back. Um, at the time of this recording, actually, I saw something on Twitter and Facebook that the Bucks might be shopping or listening to trade offers for Ronald Jones. Something I just saw. Um, I don't know how true that is, but if this is true, you know that can change a lot of things. Um, that would be a huge, huge hole the Bucks would now need to fill. 
They need someone else to run with Peyton Barber. I still think Peyton Barber, as I've said earlier in this podcast, as I've said for weeks and months in advance, that Peyton Barber can be the number one back. But if they are listening to things for Gerald McCoy and Ronald Jones, um, things could be shaking up here. But at this point in time, if you know he's not going to be, if these are false accusations again, I don't believe the Bucks should take a running back. I think who they have in Ronald Jones, if Bruce Arians, as I do believe, has faith in him and you know wants to see what he can do, there's no need to have another running back come in, especially when you need to fix the offensive line. And they've done that without with um not starting Benenock and everything, but they really need to focus on the offensive line first and get these players coached up with their new coaches and not, you know, the coaches they had who really didn't coach them and was just throwing out there. There just wasn't a good running standpoint. There wasn't a good running plan last year in Tampa Bay. And I believe that with the guys we have currently, like I said again, um, if these accusations, or not accusations, but <laughs> rumors of Ronald Jones possibly being shopped around are false, as I believe they are at this time. Like I said, this is very new, something I just learned. Um, then I believe that these guys can get it done. We'll have to see how it unfolds. But yeah, this is going to be a very exciting time in Tampa Bay, guys. And again, um, I just wanted to say, to end out this podcast, guys, you guys can always feel free to DM me on Twitter. I have two accounts, my podcast account, obviously, and my personal account. If you guys have any ideas, you want to be on the show, you want to, um, you have ideas for me, things to talk about, you know, be feel free to DM me. Free, free, feel free to at me, guys. This podcast is for you. I'm going to start having you guys on very soon. I apologize for the delay in the second podcast, guys. I'm still learning and still getting things together. Um... I'll be doing probably another. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.